Hello and welcome to the Will Preach for Food podcast. My name is Doug. I'm pastor here at Faith Lutheran Church. We are based out of beautiful Shelton, Washington, a spirit-led, affirming, beloved congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, growing closer to and more like Jesus for the sake of the world. You can learn more about faith at our website, www.faithshelton.org. I want to thank you for tuning in today. School starts up this week. Yay! We're having conversations at Faith about children and youth ministry staffing. And so it seems like God might be inviting us all to consider just how God speaks to all ages and all stages of life. How we as a church family can encourage faith in each other and encourage faith especially in children. So I want to share a story today from the Bible about a boy named Sam. And another story in the Bible about a man named Jesus. And then I want to teach you a spiritual exercise called the Faith Five. And my prayer is that our conversation today may lead us into a deeper understanding of who God is and how we can share God's revelation with one another. So please open your Bible to 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. 1 Samuel, it's in the Old Testament, chapter 3, beginning at the first verse. It says, now the boy Samuel was ministering to Yahweh under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. And at that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, he was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, Samuel. The boy said, here I am, and he ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. But Eli said, I didn't call, lie down again. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called again Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call my son, lie down again. Now, Samuel did not yet know the Lord, for the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Then the Lord called Samuel again a third time, and he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me? Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel, and this time Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Here ends the reading. For many of us, a relationship with God begins with a spiritual, personal encounter with God as a child, like Samuel. Now, the details of Samuel's childhood don't sit well with our modern sensibilities. His mother considered him somewhat of a miracle baby, and so when he was old enough, she sent him away to be a houseboy for the local priest, an old man whose name was Levi. I'm sorry, it was Eli. So she visited him at least once a year, brought him a new set of clothes. But we also learned that Eli was old, going blind, and his own sons were a couple of privileged freeloaders. And one other detail the Bible tells us, the Bible says, in those days, the word of Yahweh was rare. There were not many visions. But one night, Samuel has a vision. 
a visit from Yahweh, the Lord, all caps, you know, the God of Israel, creator of heaven and earth. Samuel assumes the voice he hears must be his boss. He knocks on the door of the priest's room. I'm here. You wanted something? Go back to bed, Eli says. But Samuel hears the voice again and again. And each time Eli says, no, it wasn't me who called you. Go back to bed. But when this happens a third time, Eli finally realizes that something else is going on. Maybe Eli remembers when God first spoke to him as a young child. Sam, he said, the next time you hear that voice, just invite God to talk to you. Speak, Yahweh, for your servant is listening. And sure enough, Yahweh comes to Sam again. And even though Sam doesn't remember God's name, Sam invites God to begin a conversation. Speak, your servant is listening. And thus begins a relationship that would last Sam's entire life. Samuel would go on to be a prominent leader in the Old Testament. He oversees the transition of Israel from a loose confederacy of tribes into the nation-state of Israel. It is Samuel who anoints the first two kings, Saul and then later David. He even gets two books of the Bible named after him. And Sam is hardly the only example in the Bible of God initiating a relationship, revealing God's self to somebody. God shows up all the time. God shows up to young and old, women, men, and children. It's, in fact, sort of God's thing. Think back to Abraham, Hagar, Moses, all in the wilderness, or the angel appearing to Mary, or Timothy coming to faith, raised in the faith by his mother and grandmother, or King David, the poet, who came to know and trust God while camping out with the sheep as a young boy. He later has the courage to face Goliath because he is certain that Yahweh who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. 1 Samuel chapter 17. And then of course there's Jesus whose own self-discovery begins with a robust and personal experience of God. At age 12, he sneaks off to argue theology with the priests in the temple in Jerusalem, feeling totally at home in his father's house. Writer Henry Blackaby would argue that the heart and mission of God is this relating to human beings, this self-revelation. God continually pursues a love relationship with you that is real and personal. Blackaby writes. And it's true for me as well. My own relationship with God was one that was always initiated by God and from an early age. Bedtime prayers, table grace, Sunday school songs. I remember, I was about eight years old. I had a vivid dream one night. I was in my bed and over me, like the God and the devil were fighting over me. And I was, I was there in my bed and there was suddenly a bright flash of light and I woke up. And somehow I knew that night that God had won the battle for my heart. Back when I was growing up, communion was once a month and you had to be confirmed like ninth grade to receive the bread and the wine. But that was actually okay for me because that meant for me, Uh, When I went up for Holy Communion, it meant that I would kneel at the altar rail and my dad would put his big warm hand rest on the back of my head and say to me each month, Jesus loves you and lives in your heart always. And I believed him. Jesus became my savior, my friend, 
I communed with God at Holden Village in the North Cascades. Jesus comforted me when I was alone in Mexico City with no passport. I danced with Jesus to the latest Madonna hit. Now, does that sound a little weird? Well, maybe it was. But the point of all of this is that all talk about God stems from our shared and individual experience of and with God, initiated by God, often when we're children, like Samuel. And in fact, those of us who've been around for a while, maybe we should take a lesson from Eli. Because our job is not to tell our kids and our grandkids what they're supposed to believe about God, but maybe our job is to invite children and grandchildren to tell us when and how they experience the holy, to encourage them in that counter, to be, in, to be open, curious, and humble, willing. Speak, your servant is listening, says Samuel, coached by Eli. Sounds a lot like Mary when she tells the angel, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Children come to know that God is real, that Jesus loves us and lives in our heart always because God comes to us continually pursuing a love relationship with us that is real and personal. And often it begins at a very young age. There's another story in the Bible about children and spirituality. It's during Jesus' ministry, and it seems that he was attracting all ages. Children wanted to come and hang out with him. Parents wanted to bring their children to him to bless and touch and teach. Mark chapter 10, verses 13 through 16. says, People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. Now, when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who, does, who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them and blessed them. Suffer the little children is the old translation. Permit them, don't hinder them from coming to Jesus. Children are naturally drawn to God, to the holy, to the good. Parents naturally want their children to know what it is to belong and to be loved. This whole practice of blessing children, um, my dad placing his hand on my head, Jesus loves you and lives in your heart always, that's modeled after Jesus himself. I think that all of us, Children of all ages, all of us are, are drawn to the good, to that which is holy and healing and true. In the Christian tradition, that's Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And so we want to get closer to and more like Jesus because Jesus is good. And we develop practices like worship and prayer, service, tithing, Bible reading. These are all ways that we direct our attention to God to what is holy in our lives. There's something called the Faith Five. The Faith Five is a simple spiritual practice. It's developed by Dr. Rich Melheim. And it is a ritual. It's a practice. It's a routine. Just takes two people and just takes a few minutes at the end of the day. The Faith Five are to share, read, talk, pray, and bless. And it's a ritual to be done by a family. Again, just two or more people. A few minutes at the end of each day. It goes like this. 
Share, read, talk, pray, and bless. The first thing is to share highs and lows. To invite each person to say, what was the best part of your day? And what was the worst part? Name it, claim it. Share your life with those who love you. Daily sharing of highs and lows help people of all ages to become more self-aware and God-aware. It strengthens communication and connection pathways for each other. So you start just by sharing highs and lows. Second, you read a Bible verse or a story. Why? Because the Bible is God's word and God speaks to us in and through the words of the Bible. Now, you can choose Bible stories from this week's worship service or from Christ in Our Home or your favorite Bible app. You can even Google Bible verse and something will show up for you. But this week, I'd invite you to read from 1 Samuel chapter 3 or this passage from Mark chapter 10. Because the third part then is talk about how the Bible reading might relate to your highs and lows. So you share highs and lows, you read a Bible verse, and then you talk about how the Bible reading might relate to your highs and lows. This week, you can tell stories about times when God spoke to you or appeared to you, or maybe talk about times when you have felt drawn to or close to Jesus. Fourth, pray for one another. Pray for one another's highs and lows. After all, prayer is a way that we bring one another to Jesus, right? So simply talk to God, thank Jesus for the good, ask for guidance or wisdom or courage for the challenges. Share a nighttime prayer. Maybe now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Or Jesus, tender shepherd, hear me, bless your little lambs tonight, through the darkness be thou near us, keep us safe till morning light. You can pray the Lord's prayer or the evening prayer or or any prayer that comes to mind. The point is, you can't do prayer wrong. Go together to God. Bring one another to God, offering the realities of your lives. Lay it all in the hands of the one who created you, who loves you, and has a purpose for your life. And then you end the day with a blessing, with the hand on the head or a high five or a big hug that recalls for each other who and whose we are. Bob the tomato would say, God made you special and loves you very much. Our baptismal promise says you have been sealed with the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever. Or as my dad used to say, Jesus loves you and lives in your heart always. These are blessings. These are a good word, a way to end our day, framing the day in the blessing of God. Share, read, talk, pray, and bless. These days, uh, all of us, but especially children, face so many hindrances, obstacles to hearing God's voice or being close to Jesus, receiving God's blessings and gifts. In a lot of ways, it feels like 2021 is a lot like uh, in Samuel's day when the word of Yahweh was rare. There were not many visions. Sometimes it feels kind of dry out there. Children are anxious about COVID and masks and finding connections with other kids. They worry about grades and climate change and emerging sexuality. Meanwhile, moms and dads and grandparents try to make ends meet, try to hold their own marriages together or pick up the pieces of marriages that didn't work out so well. 
Meanwhile, churches are struggling to figure out how to navigate the pandemic, mindful of the reality that somewhere along the line, you know, we might have stopped bringing our children to Jesus. Or like the well-intentioned disciples, I wonder if we started putting up so many barriers between children and Jesus that the children just gave up coming altogether. I'm not sure what the remedy for all this is, but I do have four takeaways for you. First, I want to encourage, let's, let's bring our children to Jesus in prayer. Let's pray for our children. Specifically, let's pray for our schools and all the students and parents this fall. The teachers need grace and encouragement. School board members need to know that we value their efforts, even if we don't all agree on specific policies. And children, they need to know that they are loved, that they're valued, that they're created good, that they are beautiful, and that everything is going to be okay. So folks, first of all, let us bring our children to Jesus, all the children to Jesus, in prayer. Second, let's do our best Eli imitation this week. Start praying not only for all the children, but for a specific young person in your life, a child, a grandchild, a neighbor. Pray for the Spirit of God to come to that child. And then look for ways to encourage that child in their faith. Maybe just tell them, let them know that you're praying for them this week. Let them know that God might be wanting to talk to them this week and for them to be ready and open when that happens. Shoot, bake them some cookies and and invite a conversation. Ask them if they're willing to tell you a story of when they felt safe or close to God. Ask them to describe the most beautiful thing they've ever seen. Or ask them to talk about a time when something good happened to them. Then just listen, affirm their stories, thank them for their time. Offer a short prayer of thanks or blessing. Third, As a congregation, we do have some opportunities to talk about staffing and budgeting priorities. This congregation has a strong history of ministry with children and youth. We have resources for adding staff. There's a longing among many of us for for these church halls to be filled once again with little feet and fallen cheerios and Sunday school songs echoing down the way. What children and youth family ministries look like how it plays out, well, that's the conversation to be had. We sent out a questionnaire this week because it's important that every voice be heard, especially when it comes to a decision as important as how to minister to and with our children and youth. Amen? Amen. And fourth, consider adopting the Faith 5 spiritual practice in your household. The pattern is available on our website and is included in the September newsletter. Do you live alone? That's no problem. Partner up with a friend and you can end your day with a five-minute Faith 5 phone call. Do you need help? Need some guidance? Call the church office. We'll get you hooked up. We'll give you some more resources to help you and your family grow in faith toward God and in love toward one another. Well, I think that covers it for today. I want to thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Hope you'll check out our website, www.faithshelton.org, to learn more about the God of Jesus Christ, the God who created you, loves you, has a purpose for your life, and pursues a continuing love relationship with you that is real and personal. 
So go ahead and sign up for weekly emails, like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, any way you listen to podcasts. I'm so grateful to Chaz and Emily for their production work every week. I'm grateful for the people of faith, for their commitment to God and to one another and to this community. And I leave you with this blessing. Jesus loves you and lives in your heart always. So all glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mm-hmm.